Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. Welcome to a time of revving the word. I always have to assume that there's new people here each time. I am so, so glad you're here. I hope a friend told you about this. I hope a friend was a good friend and said, hey, try something a little different. Maybe you'll like it, maybe you won't. And it is so okay either way, but we sure hope you will like being here today. Uh, This podcast is unlike anything else. So all of our episodes here, everything we do here at Revelation Wellness is about helping people, encouraging people, championing people on to loving God, getting healthy, being whole, and loving others. The getting healthy and being whole, that's really kind of where the magic happens. Loving God, everyone says they they do it, or those people that say they do love God, and they think they love others, but isn't it kind of messy? Isn't it? Our love gets kind of messy sometimes, and there's something inside of us. We cannot control other people, but we can absolutely control a holy self-control, our response, how we participate in life, how we show up. That takes training, and that's what we do here, the getting healthy and being whole. It's what Jesus paid for on the cross. So if you are a believer in Christ and the work of the cross, you're gonna work out your salvation here. And we really could care less about how much you weigh today. We do care about your health, but we, when we make that the main point, we get lost. We get so focused. You know, it's like just gazing off center. And wherever we gaze is where we go. And we wanna be centered, we wanna be aligned, we wanna have integrity, we wanna be strong from soul to skin, top to bottom, inside out. And that's what we do when we train the word. So all these episodes you are going to, well not all episodes, because some of our episodes are just talk and conversational, interviews and information for you. We love to keep this gospel story alive in totality. What does it have to do with my heart, the, th- the things I feel? What does it have to do with my mind, the things I think? What does it have to do with the choices I make, how I use my body to make those choices, right? Because that is how we do life. We have a body that acts, that makes, that, that delivers, or you know, the body is the fullest extension of our obedience. What, it shows what's really going on in our heart. We have action behind our words and our thoughts. So we're gonna train all that, okay? It's different, it's new, and so welcome. For those of you that have been with us for a long time, welcome. It's Monday, every Monday we try to give you a new revving the word or a be still and be loved. If you're not feeling this today, if you feel like you're making this happen, you're forcing it, would you please do me a favor? Do your body a favor, your body is smart. It's probably blowing up in cortisol, adrenals, you're tired, you're fatigued. Once upon a time, fitness was not that. It can very much become overdoing it. So just take a break, relax, breathe, repent of your thoughts of being out of shape or too old or too weak or whatever it is because you're obsessing about it and go do a be still and be loved. Go do a be still and be loved. Do something radically different than what you normally do. For those of you that are (laughs) tired of being still, it's time to move. I want you to put a smile on your face and get excited, okay? We are going to be talking today. You're gonna be comforted today. This is an endurance workout today. I'm not gonna ask you to do any intervals. So right now, you can be moving your feet. 
just getting your legs moving, lift the corners of your mouth, and have a joyful expectation. One more thing before we go, don't forget, you are invited to our Rest and Rebuild Retreat. This is for anybody. This is not instructor training, that is something else we do. This is our first ever retreat, just to come away with us. We have 100 spots open, it's halfway sold out right now. It is on June 6th, I'm sorry, June 9th, and we'll be in Colorado, about an hour or so outside of Denver. We're hoping you could come. It will sell out, so don't wait. It's five days of learning this inside-out training. This is true wellness training. Yes, we'll talk about some practical stuff, but we are gonna make the first thing first and the most, which is seek first the kingdom, and all these other things will be given to us. And we're gonna talk about those other things, but we're gonna seek first the kingdom together in community. You gotta come out of hiding. We are meant for community. Here's what I know what happens with our retreats. Lifetime friendships are formed. It's true. <laughs> so if you're kind of sitting alone, you're looking for real people, you wanna find your people and love your people, you gotta come out of hiding. You have to act opposite. You have to do something a little uncomfortable. This is uncomfortable for me. I've never done this before. I'm gonna meet 100 new best friend strangers and I cannot wait and I'm absolutely have no idea what's gonna happen other than I expect God to show up and set many captives free. So I want you to come, swipe up on the show notes, hit the link, get yourself into our Rest and Rebuild Retreat. It is for men, women, ages 18 and older. We want you to come. All right, are we ready? <sighs> Lift your spine, corners of your mouth, and we get going in three, two, one play. All right. Joy, find it. As I'm recording this right now, in real time, it's the day after Easter. Did anybody wake up yesterday with just such joy? I don't, it's so cool. I'm grateful for the rhythms of the year. I really am. And Good Friday is a heavy day. Saturday always feels, doesn't Saturday just feel kind of blah? Just kind of, and it was a beautiful day on Saturday here in Arizona. It really was. But it did still feel, I think it's the anticipation, the expectation, we're somewhere in liminal space, right in the middle. We're not, not yet, but we know it's coming. Isn't it crazy to think that the early disciples, the first disciples, they didn't know it was coming. I can't even imagine. You guys, we are never without hope. Every day is resurrection day. And once a year we commemorate it. We feel the depth of it. We feel the sorrow. We feel the humanity. But then divinity comes. <laughs> and every day divinity comes. Thank you, God. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, be glad. Thank you, God, for being so intimate with us, so acquainted with us. So we invite you now, God, 
into this shell of a body, into this heart that beats for the things of heaven and feels the sorrow of earth, the suffering and the joy, God. Come and metabolize it for us, God. Come, change our hearts, strengthen them, make us of good courage, renew our minds, prepare them for today, for your glory on the earth. Help us, strengthen us, strengthen these hands, God, to heal hurts and meet needs. From our overflow, God, we love because we have first been loved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, on a scale of one to ten, I just want you to settle into about a six to a seven. One being laying in bed, looking at the ceiling. <laughs> You're awake, heart's beating. Ten. <laughs> 10 is everything you got. But right now, you can do this. You're waking up, no lactic acid burn. All of today, I want you to leave some space, okay? Leave some space. All right. We're going to talk about the humanity of Jesus. Let's. Let us not forget, he was fully man. Fully man, it's such a comfort to us. Yes, fully God. Yes, he knew he was gonna resurrect. He knows the beginning to the end. Always been with the Father. He knows. And he put on flesh. And he dwelt among us. Here we go. We're going to pick this up in John 11, verse 32. This is from the story of Lazarus. <laughs> Lazarus, Mary and Martha's brother, Lazarus, they'd become good friends to Jesus. He loved. You guys, he didn't love kind of holding back his heart. He loved. He, only Jesus could do it in a way that was the fullest extent of love for people without worshiping people. He knew pure love. He was perfect love. And he loved. Verse 32. Lazarus had just passed. There's a lot of weeping and sadness. And Jesus here, or Mary hears that Jesus is in town. In verse 32 it says, Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Don't you love that Mary knows Jesus? true. I mean, she just knows and loves him this big, says, I know if you were here, you never would have let this happen. I mean, 
She's also, she's presuming maybe he would have to resurrect him because all this, Jesus always knows. Jesus is never scared, worried, or in trouble, but he feels the fear. He feels the trouble. But Mary's so convinced, had you been here, he wouldn't have died. I love that. Way to go, Mary. Verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping. Think about it, the Jews. The ones that had been kind of a problem for him. <laughs> a challenge for him. They're weeping too. You know, he didn't go, great, I'm glad they're finally feeling this. No. Said he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Isn't that beautiful? When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Sit with that for a minute. Deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. that moves you moves Jesus hear that he's one with us when you receive his Holy Spirit he said I'm always with you I'm with you even when you're going the wrong way I'm with you I feel you I'm interested too I'm angry too I'm sad too he feels it, deeply moved. Anything that moves you, moves Jesus. He is the great empathizer. And he is the friend who sticks closer than a brother. When you're angry, he's angry. When you're hurt, he's hurt. But here's the thing, friends. Here's what he wants more than anything. He wants to be our savior. He wants us to feel it. Because what good are we? What good are we if we're just shells, empty? Emotions, guys, they're neutral. They really are. They're charged, yes. But it has to do with what will we do with it? What will you do with it? And we need a savior to keep us from sinning, to keep us from lighting gasoline fires, you know? Dumpster fires. To keep us on the merry-go-round of sin. To keep us off the 
<laughs> the crazy train. Come on. Come on. Come, Lord. On a scale of one to 10, you get to choose today. You're gonna hold whatever it is. A seven, an eight. You're starting to feel lactic acid, but you can hold it. You get to choose. If you wanna throw in your own intervals because you just feel the spirit leading you, do it. But don't do it. Listen, get off the crazy train. If you feel like you have to, that's your flesh. If it's a get to, that's your spirit. Everyone repeat after me. I am a first responder, not a first reactor. I'm a first responder, not a first reactor. That's who Jesus is, is a responder, not a reactor. Lord, help us, come. Change us from reactors into responders from hopeless people into hopeful. From people whose dreams feel stolen and dashed to people who believe in divine king and a kingdom that comes and says, I, think, I believe you forgot something. Pick up your dreams, pick up your heart, pluck up your hope, eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Come on, there are people here right now. You feel hopeless about your situation. And some of you feel hopeless about your bodies. And here's the thing, if we're at war against our bodies, will we bring good news <laughs> we carry it in this vessel in this container so right now in Jesus name I declare good health divine health over you peace be still peace be of good courage renew your mind eyes on Jesus the author and the perfecter if you're moved, he's moved. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled see this, the humanity of Jesus, the word deeply moved, I love this, it means to snort, to snort with anger, 
to be charged or to charge others. Do you get how if you're deeply moved, you can be deeply moved into sadness, snorting, crying, you know, the ugly cry, or greatly moved into anger. Both of those have a charge. <laughs> Both of those are energy, and I've told you, the law of thermodynamics, you cannot destroy energy, nor can you create it. Energy is energy. All you can do is transform it or transfer it. Pass it on <laughs> or let it pass through you and become something usable. Something that the spirit can take hold of and catapult that thing. Deeply moved. Jesus was a man, fully God, fully man, deeply moved at times. This word for deeply moved that's used here, I love this, also used in Matthew 9 when he heals two blind men. And he tells them, sternly tells them, tell nobody about this because his time hadn't come. He knew that if everyone kept talking about him, it would make his work harder to do. <laughs> it would just cause unnecessary commotion. He was trying to teach people timing. Oh, raise your hand if he's trying to teach you timing. He will heal. He will transform. He will. He won't deny himself, and he's not a man that he should lie, but timing. So he tells the two blind men, sternly, deeply moved, he looks at them and says, go to the priest, make an offering. This will show them who I am. Help me out. Jesus is basically saying, listen, help me out. Don't tell others. Go to the priests. Tell them. Be on mission with me. Let's be in this together. Help me out. I love that. And what happens? The two blind men don't, we don't hear of them ever going to the priest and make an offering. They go and tell others what Jesus had done. And we might think, well, that's pretty cool. No, still disobedience. Sure, they're happy. They have a praise report, but it's still disobedience. Jesus told them what to do. Deeply moved. He's saying, be with me on this, just as I'm with you. But they didn't. And again, in Mark 1, Jesus heals a leper, sternly warns him, deeply moved. He looks at him and says, Go see the priest. But he doesn't. He goes and tells all the others. And it even says in this that that made it impossible for Jesus to do ministry there anymore. He had to move on. Oh, God, forgive us. Forgive us, God. Gosh, thank you that you say, we can do it again. Let's try again. God, heal. 
our deeply troubled hearts heal. We love you. Forgive us. We're listening. I chased the moment that when I had it, I felt alive. But now that the thrill is gone, I feel dead inside. I feel like everyone know the secrets I want to hide. And every time they ask me how I'm doing, I just say I'm fine. Too embarrassed to share it or maybe too much pride. I create my own prison, holding the keys inside. Punishing myself for all of these crimes. And I'm trying to convince God that I'm not a waste of his time. What's wrong with me? Am I defective? I keep on making a mess. Why can't I ever get it together soon? People gonna find out I'm not what they expected. They see who I really am, then I end up rejected. I try to stand tall, but these knees are collapsing. Instead of asking for help, these apps are distracting. So lonely, but so many people are friending me. Deeply well, moved. Ooh. He's passionate. To snort the ugly cry or to fire breathe through your nose because you're so moved but we temper ourselves friends we're responders not reactors we respond means we think what does Jesus want to do not what would he do what does he want to do he's right here Objectifying are somebody's daughters. I never really thought I had a problem till it followed me to college and I felt debilitated by his bondage. Uh, became a Christian, heard about God's power, couldn't see it in my life, but I could tell you all about it. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who'd come with her also weeping, you see, he sees love, he sees our tears, he sees our mourning, and He's moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. He's with us, Emmanuel. Come on, you guys. Come on. Let him roll away the stone. Let him move the stone thing that troubles you, let him move it. It's as a friend of mine said, the kingdom is not in trouble and neither am I. Jesus always keeps that at the heart. He's troubled. He feels it, but he's not in trouble. But don't make a bed in it. Don't lay down your mat. Feel it. Greatly troubled. But greater things than these will we do, Jesus says. Greater things. Come on. Come on, breathe. Steady, state work. You're embodying faithfulness right now. Can you smile? Tell yourself, 
The kingdom's not in trouble. Neither am I. all reflect the glory of the Lord. We're being transformed into his image. Deeply moved, greatly troubled, kindling for the fire that burns on the altar. Stay steady. Good job. couple shout outs there. That was my friend Krista, Krista Gilbert. I know you're listening. Open Door Sisterhood podcast. Go take a listen to them. She was the one who told me that saying. I think someone on her show said that. So I'm sorry I can't credit who said it. But I, that has saved me. The kingdom is not in trouble and neither am I. Yes. I'm deeply moved. Yes, I'm greatly troubled. I feel it, but I'm not in it. Too many people, and I'm guilty. Too many times, I jump in my little lifeboat and head out into the troubled seas. And Jesus is looking at me going, I didn't tell you to get in the boat. You can stay on the shore. You're not in trouble. You guys do know, here's the thing. And here's the beauty. Jesus empathizes with us. He knows that our amygdala, our reptile brain, our brain that was first formed, the stem, the limbic part of our brain, it was only designed to just look out for number one, take care of yourself. Isn't that kind of him? He says, I'm going to make sure that when they form in their mother's womb, that the first thing that comes is the basic needs that they need to take care of. He doesn't say, I'm gonna make sure that they need me. No, I'm gonna set it up so that they can, if they need it, they can just take care of themselves. That's why we've, we have the flight or flight, the fight or flight response. It protects us. But it's also the perfect setup. Cause it's, we have more history with ourselves as reactors than responders. Can I get an amen? You got more history. That's why you're a really good reactor. A responder has to assess. A responder has to reason, has to think. It has to have peace, calm. Because the only way to access higher reasoning is through peace, calm. 
someone who sees the storm, who sees the trouble, but still sees endless hope, possibilities, probabilities. Deeply moved, greatly troubled. The word greatly troubled means to cause an inward commotion. Anyone? Got some inward commotion? Come on, let's stir up some kingdom commotion. It looks like this. Peace, joy, foolishness even. It's why people go, how can you be smiling right now? How can you, why aren't you panicking? Well, because I'm a responder, not a reactor. troubled takes away the calmness of mind and disturbs our equanimity equanimity everyone say that word equanimity the Holy Spirit in us always provides equanimity equal opportunity for equanimity all the time in fact when we're greatly troubled, it is like a target for the Holy Spirit to lean into us. Guys, I'll meet you right there because I want to restore to you calmness of mind. I want to restore to you your equanimity quickly before you lose it on yourself or with others. When you're greatly troubled, it can also mean to strike out with spirit, strike out in, in fear and dread come on you guys here's what I love about this it's saying Jesus was these things in his humanity he was he didn't have equanimity he was feeling fear dread greatly troubled and deeply moved but he held he let it absorb. He felt it. He metabolized it, friends. He didn't run with his, he didn't eat with his mouth full. He just chewed, felt it. So I just say that right now. You're all people. You're a lot smarter than your mother or your father gave you credit for emotionally. We are the EQ, the emotionally intelligent. We are the IQ, the intellectually intelligent. We are the SQ, the spiritually intelligent. <laughs> if there's anything on the table for us to grow in knowledge and wisdom of the Lord, it's ours for the keeping. We can have it. Come on. Listen, right now as you're hearing me, this is being released on a Monday. That about 150 future fitness teacher gospel preachers are up in the mountains of Arizona being trained up. So would you pray with me right now that God would be doing this in us? He doesn't ask us to shut up with the pain already. He actually says, come on. And like a baby that needs to be burped. <laughs> it's pretty much what we do up there for five days with these leaders. They're leaders. 
So pray for them, God. We thank you that all of us are leaders in our own right, Lord, and that you just keep moving us from glory to glory. You keep growing us into these kingdom responders, not reactors. That you, you don't ask us to dumb down our pain, but you ask us to turn up the praise louder than the pain. You ask us to be still, to learn how to know in stillness that you're God. And that if it's not good, it's not finished. You ask us, God, to come with you, to follow you. So we thank you, God, for Platoon 22 war horses, God. Thank you. Man. And you guys, I just have a sense that for this particular season, or these people, the Platoon 22, they represent people on earth. They represent tribes, tribes, tongues, and nations. They represent the diversity, the God colors of the world. Ages, sizes, shapes, colors, it's the best. But here's the thing, shame. I just have this real burden that they have carried shame in so many. They're, they're interceding for people on the earth who have hidden themselves from the glory of the Lord. And when we're hidden, it's because we're afraid. And when we're afraid, we're easily troubled. <laughs> we're easily moved to be reactive instead of responsive. So God, for all of us, heal, remove. Second Corinthians 3 says that anyone who turns to Jesus, the veil is removed. The shame. Basically the inability to see clearly. It's removed. We can feel, we feel the earth, but we see the kingdom. This is metabolizing. Come on, you guys. I just heard the Lord say this. It's time for the troublemaker to be in trouble. Because we're not. We're not. Give me another two minutes. Come on. Come on. Hey. And we're standing here only because you made. And we're standing here 
All right, let's look at this story and let's see, let's learn from Jesus. What did Jesus do? Remember, in his great trouble and in his sorrow, being deeply moved, what did he do? Well, here's what he didn't do. He didn't run away. He didn't react impulsively. And he didn't fold his arms. No. He pressed in. He pressed in closer to the bad news. He went closer. He went into the fire. He went into the burning building. You know, he's a first responder. This is why we have such a heart for heroes. While others run away, they pull, push in. They run towards it. That's just something in them. That's a kingdom. That, that's, listen, that can be trained. Some people have an inherent inclination to fight for the underdog, but here's what none of us have. We tend not to fight for the one who has hurt us. Can I get an amen? That's the work of the gospel. The very person that deserves the punishment in our eyes. Now, you want to be a responder? Pray for them, press in, bless them, get closer. Lord, teach us to be responders when our sons, our daughters, our husbands, our wives, our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, and even our enemies, when they are hurting or when they have hurt us, teach us, God how to be responders, always. Listen, you are not stuck. Some of you feel like you're just always gonna be the person you are. That is a lie. Come on. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. There is a way to a new way of life. And it will come at the cost of lies, you believe his truth. And every time you exchange a lie for his truth, you get more life. More gas in your leak, gas in your tank to go the way. Well done. Start to recover. We get a song together. Teach us, Lord, to be first responders. Okay, here's a little true story for you. I want you to see yourself as responders. You know, ambassadors of Christ, ministers of reconciliation. So when you see things falling apart on the earth, you actually move in because you, the Spirit of the Lord with you, 
is unity. So wherever you step into a situation that's falling apart, even if you just stood there and breathed and sang and put your mind on heaven's hope, the pieces have to come together. Like dry bones, they have to rise up. You guys, it's, it's just the authority you have. Step into it. But if you know me, I have a, a wilderness first responder certification. Ugh, basically, I'm a doctor. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I, because we take people out into the wilderness for rim to him, if you haven't looked into our, our trips across the Grand Canyon, go to the website, look up our events, rim to him. So because we take people, people into the wilderness, right? In the wilderness, there's no hospitals, there's no, there's not like medic tents, there's no convenience stores. So if something, someone should be sick or get hurt, you're in a predicament, you're in a situation where waiting and timing and it's, of the, it's all you have. In the wilderness, you have plenty of time. So you have to learn how to respond when someone's hurt until proper care can get needed or until they can heal. And it really does take just a heart for people to say, I'm out here enjoying the wilderness. Oh, but you're hurting? Let me help you. I've helped so many people, random people who've sprained their ankles in my local mountains. Or, and it's, my, it's so fun. I, when I hike, I always have a little bit of some stuff in my pack just to help in case someone, a lot of sprained ankles. <laughs> so I can fix or help set an ankle to get them down the mountain. So I'm going out there for my hike, but I'm also looking for need. If there's need, I'm ready. <laughs> now, if I could only be that way in my home. <laughs> Raise your hand if it's easier to be ready and responsive to strangers than it is your own family. Come on, all the hands go up. <laughs> it's all right. They're your team. Confess your foolishness. <laughs> Ask for the grace and the mercy to care most with your first. God will do it. Humble yourself. But here's, this is called the first five. If you were to approach a scene and somebody is hurt, let's say somebody fell down a mountain or, you know, they, they're, they're laying on the ground called the first five to responding to being a first responder in the wilderness and I, yeah, I don't know if you know this but we have a whole training called rev wild right now we're just launching it with our instructors pray for us we believe it will come out into the public we just want to work on it some more it's basically encouraging people to get outdoors to go <laughs> outside and encounter the Lord to know who they are and what they're living for because the wilderness the outdoors speak like nothing else can yeah the mountains proclaim <laughs> so as a first responder in the wilderness and we know biblically the wilderness is where God is does much refining of his people if we see someone in trouble step one it's First thing, you can look, put your finger up, number one. You say this, I'm number one. <laughs> That's actually what you're supposed to say. I'm number one. In other words, take care of yourself. It's the reason if there's trouble, 
put the oxygen mask on yourself first. So take care of your, make sure you're just realizing, am I healthy enough? Am I okay to help? Well, all right, there it is. Let's wrap it up. That's the gospel. <laughs> God's trying to get us all okay to help. That's why don't shame yourself if you're falling short. Nope. Just means you're in training. Take care of yourself. I'm number one. Am I in a good, am I in a good place to help? Right? Because if I have a broken leg or <laughs> I'm like, I'm dehydrated, I don't have anything to share. I'm gonna be really careful about how I help. But I'm number one. The other thing we would do in the wilderness that time is you'd put gloves on in case there was blood or something. You don't want to get it on you. You don't want any diseases transferred. Come on, preaching. Second thing. So number one, I'm number one. Number two, what happened to you? You assess. Jesus was assessing. He's going, oh man, Lazarus has died. Mary is sad. The Jews, the very people that are spitting on my face, they're sad. Assess what's happened. So if I see someone, I can assess, I don't know, it looks like they're laying on the ground. Maybe they fell from the mountain. Maybe they tripped. I, I don't know. I don't know. Number three. Number one, I'm number one. Number two, what happened to you? Isn't that awesome? Like just right there. When I, my child's in trouble, I can just ask, what's going on? Tell me, because I've taken care of me. I'm number one. Number two, what happened to you? Listen. Number three, get nothing on me. So that's where the gloves go on or anything to protect yourself so that you don't get contaminated. Number four, are there any more? Are there other people hurt? Come on, this is so gospel. Anyone else hurt? Son, did anyone else get hurt in that? How are your friends doing, right? Like, come on. We respond with looking at a bigger scope. We start small with ourselves, and then we start scoping out. Are there others? Are there any more? And then number five, dead or alive are they alive are they dead are they alive and that's when you'd be ready to approach in the wilderness first responders let's repeat that i'm number one first finger up two what happened to you three get nothing on me stay clear Keep your distance enough that you don't fall in to the swirling pain. Feel. Be in it. Don't be swallowed up by it, because Jesus sure wasn't. Number four, are there any more? And number five, dead or alive. We know this story with Jesus as, as we're reading here in John 11, that Jesus raises Lazarus. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? 
But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out, dead or alive, in Christ. It's always alive. No matter what the situation you are running into, in Christ, the decision has been made. The diagnosis and the outcome is in life, alive. Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you. Thank you for the humanity you show us. Thank you, God, that you're giving us new hope, fresh hope, that none of us are stuck, that each one of us are being made new, that we're all in training. If there's breath in us, there's training to be done. Lord, use this podcast to bring dead people alive, to create responders and not reactors, people alive and on mission, in love with you, being loved by you, with a love for people that endures. Thank you, God, for your word that reconnects neurons and remolds our, our thought patterns into something glorious. Have your way with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Listen, if you're interested in Platoon 23, that next class, or rest and rebuild, right? Not ready to become a leader yet? Swipe up. You're ready to become a leader? Swipe up. Click on the links. The harvest is plenty and the workers are few. Jesus said, go into all nations. Everywhere you go, make disciples. <laughs> this means getting healthy and being whole. Love you guys. Have a great day. Thank you for hanging out. Peace.